0: Episode 2 for the month of February 2019, I am your host, Noah Blanchard, and for this month, my very special guest is somebody very close to our hearts here at the Ark of E, somebody who's been here uh, since the inception of the site, a regular contributor, uh, who you don't often hear a lot from, but you're about to hear a ton from, uh, the one, the only, Mr. Sunshine Mayfield is here with us. Say hello, Sunshine.
1: Hello! There uh, he is, people. Happy, happy to be here. Uh, you guys relegate me to the site most of the time, and so I'm excited to actually be on mic. But honestly, you're going to hear a whole lot more of me in the new, near future.
0: Yes. Uh, so Gavin and I just wrapped Tuesdays, our uh, true detective coverage for season three. Uh, you can go listen to all of that on the TV arc, and you, you should be over on the TV arc and subscribed so that you can listen to the new show from Mayfield and Mr. Ben Pruitt Uh, Bending Not Breaking, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what you guys have been at work on for the last couple months.
1: Yeah, so we uh, are going through the entire first season of Avatar The Last Airbender, and we're doing it episode by episode. So um, we look at each episode through a different lens of uh, kind of like responsibility or um, rebirth Mm -hmm. or these different kind of keywords and just kind of look at each episode through that lens. Um, and kind of just dissect the episode in that way. And it's a lot more about um, people and a way they interact with each other uh, and using Avatar as a um, vehicle to kind of talk about the way that we engage with others. And so I'm really excited about it. Um, Ben and I are super pumped and and love it. And hopefully everyone else does too.
0: Uh, I am excited to listen to it. I, I am not familiar with the show beyond people telling me that it's amazing. And that I should be watching it, or should have watched it by now. Uh, you so, absolutely
1: should have watched yeah. Avatar: The Last Airbender by now.
0: I I look forward to to taking the journey with you guys, though. That is my plan. So uh, yeah, you can look forward to that. We're we're gonna launch that March twelfth. Episode one will be up, and then that'll be up every Tuesday is the plan. Uh, so look forward to that. Uh, and I think you're probably listening to this on the music arc feed. We're still figuring that out. Uh, 2 by 2 may travel across the feeds at some point um, I may break it out as its own separate thing altogether, we'll see still figuring it out, but uh, hopefully you you listened to episode 1 with uh, Mr. Nathan Hussey, and you're familiar with the format uh, so as is tradition so far I guess, um, I'm I'm going to defer to you, Mayfield and oh. you're going to pick where we start of course we are talking about two things from each of the Subcategories that we cover here on the site movies, music, and television, and uh, just that we enjoyed during the month and uh, obviously you're hearing this in March, but this is for February. This is stuff we enjoyed in February. so where do you want to start? What category would you like to choose, sir?
1: ooh, let's pick uh let's pick music, let's just do music
0: okay, uh well, I again will defer to you. Would you like to kick it off or would would you like me to
1: i I would love for you to kick it off, Noah
0: okay. Well, I I will do that, and I am actually on the fly going to pick something that I did not tell you about in advance, but this is a perfect segue. You know, we're getting all of our plugs out of the way early. Uh, We're still deciding on a title, but um, Gavin and I will be back on the music arc, uh, hopefully within about a month, with a new series devoted to the band Weatherbox, another one of my favorite bands that I feel like not enough people know about, and my brother, despite all of my yelling at him to do so, has has never listened to, so I'm going to force him to do so through the guise of a podcast. Uh, So we're still deciding on titles, you can actually probably head over to Instagram and like help us decide, because that's going to be a thing at some point, or go vote on Twitter, but uh, I'm trying to decide what to hit you with, because I just really started diving in in the last like week or so, Uh, so I'm... I'm tempted to go with something off of their last release as a band from 2014. Um are you familiar with um The Devil and Whom?
1: I am not. Weatherbox? I'm okay. not. I've the listened speech... to one Weatherbox song in my life and it's okay. phenomenal, but I've never
2: well given them okay. the
1: the proper due.
0: Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. You know, I'm I'm going to make the journey through Avatar with you guys. Uh it's it's just three albums, man. You don't even have to listen to the EPs, uh, but you, come come along because I think you'll enjoy it if you actually take the time to go I through think these that's albums a fair track trade-off. by track.
1: Yeah, okay. that's a fair trade off. I get to listen to three hours worth of content, and you've got to watch twenty. Yeah,
0: that's fair. Yes, exactly. Are they hour long episodes?
1: You didn't no, tell me no. that. <laughs> well, so that the no the the. Episodes themselves are about 22 minutes, 23 minutes. Our podcast episodes are about uh, some, anywhere between I, I, 45 minutes to an hour.
0: I got you. So we're, we're talking an hour and a half commitment on every episode. Yeah. Because I got I to listen and edit these things and watch the episode.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, again, you can watch the episode so quickly.
0: <laughs> okay. Anyways, back to the task at hand. Uh, this is off the album Flies in All Directions. This was their last full-length Released in May of 2014, and the Devil in Whom features one Mr. Andy Hull from Manchester Orchestra. Uh, so that that's going to be my gateway to get you to to check this one out. So we'll uh, we'll play a section that you'll hear from Brian Warren, the lead singer, the figurehead, the brains behind the operation, uh, and then we'll we'll definitely get to a little section that has Andy in there for all the Manchester fans. So uh, that's what I'm going to throw at you. And we'll check that out right now.
2: The flash in the sky. The flash in the sky. What's my
1: eyes? A flash in the sky. The flash is a man falling down through the night.
2: The man should be panicked, the man's hands are tied. The man grabs two handfuls of thunder and light. The man's limbs come loose in a burst, holy bright. The chains turn
1: to flames and the smoke turn to flies. They called it a fall and they all were half right. My to clap the miraculous d- no
2: splash he vanishes silent just circles moving out from the point but the swamp is glowing from the depths i hear a voice singing an old song turning my blues on Why
0: are you waiting around? We must get going through the doors we came through
2: Back to what went wrong, back to the mansion Back to what went wrong, back to the mansion There's no one there but the devil but the devil the, there's no one there but the devil the, there's no one there but the devil the, no one so, hit me with one of your picks
1: It's really interesting that you picked uh, an album that features Andy Hole because I also picked an album that features Andy Hall Oh really but for okay. a different band um, Okay I, the album I've been digging uh, it's a little bit of a throwback from 2011 um, but it is Garden Window by O oh Brother, which is to this fantastic day, album holds up. It's just so good. I've never not listened to it and been like, "Yeah, this album is is ultimately flawless." Um,
0: it is one of the more impressive debuts I can think of. Like that again, because they're kind of relegated to a smaller subgenre, and arguably are the biggest of kind of the southern the southeastern indie rock bands yeah what that would really you I like in the last few years but um i feel I like still not like enough people rock. know about them and they don't get enough like you know they don't get enough respect but that first album garden window and uh, we kind of you know grew up with them and watched the evolution because they played in columbia a lot still when they were just touring their ep basically and then we got to see kind of you know okay they finally get to make a full length what's it going to sound like and it's astounding so is that is that what you would like to go with uh off of off of Garden Window
1: the easy talk with Andy Hall yes I would say I think Sputnik or, is a Sputnik yes is or Sputnik
0: favorite. which also features him I was going to say
1: mm-hmm.
0: you want to go yeah. with Sputnik
1: yeah let's say Sputnik because that's song okay.
2: just flat out slap you found We're all better It'll never be a keeper If you would just rather sit stuck in the ground Then stay down, stay down
0: Same vein, Weatherbox O oh Brother. I think I've literally seen a bill that had them and all Get Out. I think that was a thing at some point. I've been to so many All Get Out shows, I can't even count at this point. So, were you talking uh, about
1: Weatherbox uh, and O oh Brother together? I feel, like that, or?
0: I feel like that was a bill: Weatherbox, O oh Brother, All Get Out.
1: Uh, we point. saw Weatherbox Junior Astronomers. Um, yes, that uh, was uh, that, all that was my together. first
0: live Weatherbox show and my first live Junior Astronomer show as well.
1: Which is uh, that, that? That's just it, a fantastic lineup. a night
0: that changed my life in many <laughs> ways. <laughs> Ultimately
1: uh, shifted the course of your musical experience.
0: Um, for sure. Okay. So, I had two other ones on my list. Again, that was a total alternate, just off the cuff. So, I think what I'm going to hit you with next is another band that I feel like I've shouted at you about for a while, and I really don't know how you feel about them. Uh, Broken social scene.
1: Yeah, people like them. I've, Pe- I've people like them, <laughs> not me. I've, but people like them. Well, and to be fair, I can't really speak to whether or not I like them. I honestly have never given them the chance. So you know, gotcha. I may or may not. But you know, people like them. <laughs> they
0: are responsible for one of my top five favorite albums of all time, which is "You Forgot It in People." I believe that's their second full length, possibly their third. Um, but they uh, they took quite a quite a while off. They came back with an album called Hug of Thunder uh, from two years ago, which made my top 10 list for that year. And uh, they've just kind of been quietly releasing singles here and there. But uh, on February 15th, we got a little EP called Let's Try the After, Volume 1. Uh, it's just five tracks, uh, two instrumentals on there. And uh, very nicely features some members of the band that are, you know, have been there for a while. But are usually a little more background and they're pushed to the forefront so you're hearing some new voices that you're maybe not as used to unless you've delved through their entire catalog but the uh the one i'm gonna hit you with is 1972. <laughs> noise rock shoegazer a little bit of unfortunately sometimes they're referred to as a jam band which i completely disagree with even though they are known for like very extravagant live shows and as much as they expand upon how stuff sounds on the album they never play it the same way twice that sort of thing um i still yet to see them live i would really like to at some point
1: uh yeah but what's like what's your view on jam bands why do you why not be cool with them being called a jam band
0: because it's it's not a genre that i particularly enjoy and i don't to me their sound does not that's not what i think of when i think of a jam band necessarily um but i mean yes i guess in principle they are a jam band there's like you know over 15 plus people in this band uh at any given moment and it's a cacophony of sound but that's where again the more like the noise rock thing comes in, and again in my head it's just indie music, and again it they're a supergroup mostly made of Canadian indie rockers, uh, who got together uh, bands like Stars, for instance, Feist, who blew up as a solo artist uh, for a bit, and uh, yeah, Kevin what Drew to Feist? is kind of the lead figurehead. I mean she has quietly released amazing full length after amazing full length that get like you know nine. That's- 9.1s on Pitchfork and stuff like that but you just you don't hear about them because she she very clear after the reminder she was not as concerned with making like
1: accessible music
0: quote-unquote palatable music but um she in a weird way transitioned into a little bit of what like Florence and the Machine was doing early on before she went a little more pop, I guess whatever you want to call the last most recent album from Florence and the Machine, but uh, it's very dark and moody, there's like a a real thematic quality to it an orchestral quality in parts Uh, but it's still 100% her, I mean that's the thing, is like the songs were always sad, it's just they were presented really happily on the reminder, and they were really hooky and fun to listen to and, you know, dance around to but her more recent efforts are like just as emotionally engaging, but maybe not as like, oh yeah, I just want to throw this on like at a party. It's definitely not that kind of music. So
1: dude, I don't think people were throwing Feist on at parties very often. I mean, I,
0: I disagree with you, dude. That, <laughs> what that party were you was...
1: going to where they just... They're like, Now is the, the time the, for one, two, three, four The
0: magical indie movie party in my head. Yeah, <laughs> the um,
1: Nick and Nora's yeah. playlist no, party. The, like... Yes, exactly.
0: I was gonna say that's that scenario never actually presented itself. But I'm just saying as far as you like hearing it out in public, there was at least like three or four cuts off that album that had decent amount of circulation and people may still not know her by name, but they know those songs when they come on. Oh, for so, sure. Okay. Uh but yeah, so they've always been one of my favorites. I'm glad they're seemingly moving back to putting out stuff more regularly um, i'm hoping maybe we get a full-on full length but the fact that this is called volume one implies that we might get just a couple more eps throughout the year and i'm totally cool with that so uh yeah that was 1972 from broken social scenes most recent ep let's try the after volume one and that came out february 15th so that is pretty current um unlike our previous two picks uh, so hit me with your last uh, musical pick for February, man.
1: Yeah, my last one uh, is one that came out at the back end of January this year. From uh, It's a side project from Tobacco and Aesop Rock called Malibu Ken. And I caught this album without even really knowing that it was coming out. Um, had heard of Tobacco via, I think, probably you and gavin's conversations about the messed up pikachu video that i still haven't (laughs) watched um yeah and then i you know i've enjoyed asap rock for a while um but his stuff has always been kind of hit or miss for me and then i put this on and absolutely loved it um it's just got a really nice like psych funkadelic um you know pretty standard what i assume is standard for tobacco it seems like um and then with the lyricism of Aesop Rock on top of it, it just kind of blends together perfectly. And you, it's like it's you you don't expect it to go well together, but it absolutely does. Um, uh,
0: I will I will second that for sure. Uh, I think at this point, I mean it's still very early in the year. I haven't listened to that many albums in their entirety, but this is far and away my, my favorite thing I've heard so far this year. Uh,
1: yeah, agreed. My it's my it's currently sitting at my number one. Us being two months into the to the year. <laughs>
0: Yes, Um, And I came to it kind of from the opposite direction, which is, like, I was more aware and more of a fan of tobacco and aware of Aesop Rock, but not, like, you know, not somebody I sought out or listened to on a regular basis. I would mainly hear him, like, featured on other people's stuff. So I dove into it, also watched all of the videos, like, just threw myself into the album, and it is a, a crazy, weird, inventive... Completely unique and original experience, and it's like it's pretty refreshing. And I again encourage you to go listen to some Tobacco albums and to check out some videos. You know, late at night in a dark room by yourself, and you know, see what happens. That's all I'm saying.
1: That seems like a terrible idea. Like that's
0: you gotta watch the video for Streaker.
1: Like that's how the Momo challenge came to be.
0: I. Thanks for putting that back in my head. I had almost gone a 24 hour period without seeing that. Um, but okay, yeah. Well, and that's so that definitely you know, marks like, that, definitely marks this period of time
1: <laughs> that well, we're talking it's, about it's the movie. Well, it's yeah, I mean, we it's crazy because it's it's a hoax, right? Like, that's not a thing that happens. Um, yes, as, YouTube's far, come out yes, and been like, as
0: far as we understand it right now,
1: yes. This yeah. video is not just randomly popping up on like My Little Pony videos that kids are watching. Um, this is not a thing. It's just as like, there's always one news outlet that's like, like do you know like what your a kids lot are of... watching <laughs> on the internet and like, s- just promoting fear. And it's like, yes. it's not even a thing that happens. I work like with...
0: a lot of problems in the world. I blame Kim <laughs> Kardashian. Um, yes, <laughs> because apparently she jumped on the bandwagon very early on and was and that's why circulating took off. all of that shit. So
1: when I work with, I work with kids pretty regularly and so we were getting parent emails like how are we talking to our kids about this yes, and, how are we going to deal with this and it was one of those things where I just respond back like it's not an actual problem but we totally encourage you to talk to your kids about like internet safety and what they're doing on the internet but like right. this isn't a, the, the ring is not taking place right now like, this, <laughs> the, the ring is not happening like this is not what that is um,
0: what if this is just stealth marketing for that grudge remake that's coming out at the <laughs> end of the year
1: well, and it's like, because the face of that thing kind of looks like the face of that uh, terrible Truth or Dare movie that came out last year. Did not um, see that one. It wasn't good, but it's like, it resembles that. So I think part of that, too, was just like, all right. But then it's like, the challenge itself plays like that terrible, uh, what was the Dave Franco, the girl from uh, Scream Queens and American Horror Story.
0: Oh, man. You're,
1: you're Verge
0: Possibly. Another movie I movie. did not watch.
1: <laughs> okay, Dude, I don't know how I find like I watched all like the like very mediocre like f- five out of ten.
0: Okay, theatrical Cle- releases. Clearly, clearly, you want to get to movies, but before you do, give give me your shout out track for well, I know you.
1: You love Acid King, which I, I enjoy. love Acid
0: King, and it's a perfect like little you know fifty second drop we can throw in.
1: I, I but I really I love. love Churro.
0: Well, and again, I want to go with
2: you. It's your pick, man. So, let's, do okay. ch- let's do churro. Okay, do- I can do that unmistakable late talents that could surgically remove a spawning salmon from the raging rapids. People think nature is a rainbow or a newborn or an notion or a puppy which denies the gory steak and mashers. You load the sight of and expect to see the glory of a wingspan over eagly beaks emerging from a nigga hero. We overlook the fact that wow, sometimes a cat will eat a bird, sometimes a bird will eat a cat like it's a fucking churro. On April 26th, in front of grip of viewers tuning in to catch a glimpse of what would usually live in the shadows. There was no way to happen predicted honing in on the internet's favorite creature as reduced to nutritional value. I wonder if some dude was sad because his cat had run away and thought, maybe I'll load these eagles up to feel connected. Then got to watch his little fluffy torn to pieces. By the very nature, he had sought to ease him through his deep depression. time.
0: So, uh, those are our music picks. That's what we've been digging during February. And do you want to just go ahead and transition right into movies?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: All right. Um, I'm going to make you lead off this time.
1: Uh, um, one of the things with the Oscars kind of just taking place, I went and revisited um, a movie that has garnered a lot of stars, like has has brought up a lot of actors before their prime. Um, mm mm-hmm. So, and that was Short Term 12, um, which I don't know if you've ever watched.
0: I, I regretfully, um, have still not seen it.
1: Which, yeah, dude, you've got to. It's, um, it's about a bunch of, like, 20-year-olds who are supervising, like, this halfway home or this, like, residential treatment facility, um, Mm -hmm. for teens. And the cast list has Brie Larson, um... Captain Marvel self. It's got Rami Malik in his uh, one of his early roles. Um, Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nines on there, and then mm-hmm. the one and only Lakeith uh, Stanfield is also in this movie. And, and yeah, what no, I believe uh, it's his first role.
0: For that alone, still a shame that I have not seen it. I mean, when it came out, uh, I mean, it was the little indie movie that could for that year, or one of the little indie movies that could. And I, I I never caught it. I saw that it is streaming. I think either on Prime or on Netflix. So I guess I finally have the excuse to uh, to check it out.
1: Oh man, it is it is absolutely heart wrenching.
0: And wow. I, I could stand to see Rami Malik in something where I'm not like so critical of his performance because it's so tied to my opinions about a lot of other things. Oh my so. God,
1: let's talk Bohemian Rhapsody, please. Can we can we?
2: Can we, we just can. break this Absol- down
1: right now? Because I don't think I'm going to get an opportunity to to give this movie the the attention it deserves,
0: the the verbal tongue lashing it deserves.
1: <laughs> it is not good, and I and I genuinely understand why people like it, but I as don't do get I. why but I don't get why people love it, right? So like, as as do I. <laughs> yes. So like, yes, you get to hear two hours of Queen. Who doesn't love Queen? But it plays like a two-hour music video, and not like a biopic. Like you don't get any new information. You don't get insight into like who Freddie Mercury was because they hide half of it. And it's
0: it's very surface level.
1: It was a two and a half hour long TikTok. That's what it was. Like
0: it's very all all sizzle, no steak. Um, and yeah, even coming from a like oh we all love Queen perspective, not a lot of deep cuts and honestly doesn't even hit all of the, like, big hits you expect to or want to hear. Well,
1: and I think that's Um, why the average fan likes it, right? Because the average fan of Queen likes Queen, knows Killer Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody, mm -hmm. and um, We Will Rock You, and Radio Gaga. I am
0: familiar with these songs.
1: Yeah, see? Everyone is. Um, And I think that's why people dig it, because those songs all get airtime. Um, But yeah, you don't get your The fun back cuts that exist. Um, Yeah. And again, Um, it's just like, there's no depth. I feel like all the scenes between the music playing is pretty standard, poorly written. Don't even talk to me about how it got an editing award with arguably the worst editing.
0: I think pretty much everybody has, like, promoted the narrative of... They gave it to him because it was like, you got handed a mess from two different directors and you had to sort it out like good job buddy you made a movie out of it it's like it's like an a for effort you you polished a turd so to speak um i was also i agree i do not think this movie is good i don't think that it's outwardly bad except in a couple sections i i was very middle of the road on it i thought it was completely mediocre in pretty much every way a very just like stately biopic um completely predictable, hits all the beats you expect it to, and I get why it worked for people, but I don't know, to take a figure to me that's, like, so complicated, interesting, and, like, larger than life, and just present the most surface level, like, just, I don't know, the the lip-syncing of it, I mean, it's not... I, I still have I have issues with the performance winning as well. I had a giant debate with uh, our friend Barum Williams over the phone, because he he dug the movie for the most part. He he admits that it's not the greatest thing in the world, but he would not budge on the Rami Malek performance, and we yeah we had about an hour long dissertation on the merits of that performance.
1: So I really which, enjoyed their performance. That being said, it like on rewatch it comes off as kind of caricature ish. Um, I, I agree. Um, but I like I just can we stop giving movies to Brian Singer?
0: I mean, yeah. I'm I'm fine with that. I think most people that are somewhat aware that's the other thing, is I don't know how so much of that has still seemed to have flown under the radar and people just weren't aware of it, like when the movie was out as well. But um Okay, we can we can move off Bohemian Rhapsody. Let's get let's get positive again. <laughs> let's, um, uh,
1: let's let's bring the vibes back up. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, what was your actual pick? I'm sorry.
1: Short term twelve.
0: Short term twelve, which yeah. I will check out. We have mentioned to. is available streaming. Uh, I will as we speak.
1: watch everything Lakeith does from here on out. It, until I see something that is not just flat out amazing, like I people argued about Death Note, but I still think that was super watchable, and he was.
0: I think he is never not interesting in anything I've seen him in. So, yeah, I need to catch up with that one. Uh, I'm going to go with a pick from this month and this year. It's a new one. It's available for all you Netflix users, which I assume is most of our listenership, if not most of the world. Uh, And it's called High Flying Bird from Mr. Steven Soderbergh. Have you watched this yet?
1: I have not.
0: Okay, well let me once again But you know my views
1: on Soderbergh
0: Mixed, I know Yeah, very hit or miss And you think I'm in the tank for him, so you don't buy my rave review of this
1: Yeah, you are the the Fox News of Soderbergh For for good or bad I don't appreciate that (laughs) You love them all
0: I really don't appreciate that Calling me out on my own show On my own show, maybe Yeah,
1: Yeah, sorry man Um,
0: All right High Flying Bird quick rundown uh, stars Mr. Andre Holland of Moonlight uh, Castle Rock and the Nick fame uh, as a sports agent who is dealing with an NBA lockout uh, and trying to basically kickstart the league so that he can get paid and get his his life going again and get his clients' lives going again Uh, so it is a basketball movie with no basketball in it it is all about the, uh, the game off of the court and the behind the scenes stuff the uh the league machinations and uh player disputes etc etc really fascinating for even for myself not a huge nba fan not a huge basketball watcher beyond the college realm and uh but it's presented in such a way that it's like there's such a specificity to it and it has that great like it's pe- you're watching people who know exactly what they're doing so even if you don't fully understand it at every beat you just trust that they know what they're doing and you right. buy it you know what I mean Yeah. Uh, so it's one of those it's essentially just a, a straight up dialogue movie but he, uh, he keeps it inventive by shooting it entirely on an iPhone uh, so a lot of interesting cinematography it's worth watching for that alone but uh, at the core, it has one of those narratives that, like, kind of the second it's over, you want to watch the movie again because you're like, "What? What just happened there?" And I think some people might stumble with it on first watch. Uh, I was over the moon for it immediately, uh, and I look Horse. forward to going back to it, which uh, is very easy to do. Well, e- again, like you said, I'm in the bag for Soderbergh, but I can admit that not all of them hit for everybody. But I think this is one of the best things he's done in recent memory. I absolutely loved Logan Lucky, but I know some people were a little more lukewarm on it. Um, I did I think enjoy this is, Logan
1: Lucky a lot.
0: Yes. Um, I, this is. It, I, I think literally the performances and the dialogue alone will carry you through it, and any of the Soderberghiness of it will kind of fall by the wayside. And again, this is from the screenwriter of Moonlight.
1: Yeah, I mean, which the dialogue through that—that that <coughs> sweet Jesus, that is a good movie. Yes. Um, yeah, so I am I will watch this at some point.
0: I know but, you will. I just yes. want you to do it sooner rather than later. I just That's
1: there's there's other things on the docket. I've got to watch, you know, more episodes of Avatar. And I know, I know, a couple TV series that I got to finish. So it'll happen at some point, but we'll
0: yeah. we'll get to TV in just a second, okay? Okay, but yeah, uh, sorry, for now, I'll let you keep no, keep you your you go ahead and hit hit me with uh your second TV pick for the month.
1: Hard movie pick for the month. Um, movie. Yes. Sorry. Totally uh, fucked super, myself up. There we super go. Super <laughs> pretentious of me to be like, um, I think you uh, mean movie pick. Excuse of the month. me, sir.
0: Uh, 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 well, actually,
1: yes. um. So like, honestly this year I tried to I've I've not seen anything that's come out this year that has been mind blowing to me, movie wise. Uh, I liked Alita. I didn't love it, but I, I I liked it. Um and I know that you and Gavin will likely talk Alita in, in longer form. Yes, that
0: um, was a very fun experience. We do plan on doing Rodriguez Revisited episode thirteen at some point, uh, probably after I get moved into the new studio. I think this is officially the last episode. I am recording of anything in my current setup before I uh, move to a new apartment. Excellent. Yes. Uh, Anyways, so so So, what are you going with? You're not going with Alita.
1: I'm going to take a, what I would still say is an underrated Oscar pick um, that got awards but didn't get as much as I think that they deserved, um, which was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse absolutely loved it one of my favorite movies of last year gave it the rewatch recently and it is so good it is just so good um Um,
0: still have not seen it and regret that i i think it's still playing in theaters i should make the effort and actually go see it on the big screen but i'll probably end up watching it at home admittedly when it just
1: came out i think streaming and available yes
0: i i look forward to checking it out in the next week or so and finally being able to like jump on the the train that has long left the station on that movie of everybody the, falling in love with it. But
1: Based off yeah. of what was nominated this year for Best Picture, it blows my mind that Spider-Verse wasn't nominated. Wasn't
0: the crossover animation one? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that. I'm curious about the fact that it was only eight as well and exactly how that works. Uh,
1: well, my favorite I, movie of I, the year was Hereditary, so I totally understood that not getting nod because i understand
0: that i'm still a little burned by Tony i think tony collette and ethan Hawke were the two acting nominees that were definitely missing and uh i really like we, they had the conversation all year long where it's like female directors is that going to be a thing this year and nope i still argue lynn ramsey could have been up if they wanted to go that direction uh, but more likely and maybe more deservedly for the particular film, Chloe Zhao for the writer. Uh, I'm still kind of astounded that that movie did not have more of a, more of a presence on the And then who directed
1: circuit. Leave No Trace?
0: Uh, Deborah Granik, who did uh, *Winter's Bone, uh, Leave No Trace, another amazing movie. Like all three of them conceivably could have been nominated and like totally been in contention, which hopefully would have elevated those movies uh ben foster is another guy who probably should have been in the supporting category can watch uh, him over in over some people uh leave no traces uh, i think inarguably the best thing he's done uh in recent memory the best low-key performance he's ever given uh very very understated uh but the the female lead in that actually uh thomas m mckenzie she's one of those where i was like where was the like You know, one of the youngest actresses ever to be nominated. Narrative because she was one of my like top three performances of last year, just period. So yeah, uh, yeah. I I recommend all of those.
1: Dude, Ben Foster has gone to a pretty fantastic like indie career for someone who started his film career with you know co-starring with Cisco. um, Yeah, and what it was? Don't get or get over it.
0: I think that is get over it. Yeah, yep. uh, so. I of course loved going back and seeing him on Freaks and Geeks. Uh, very interesting early performance. Well,
1: and then he was so. on a he was on a Disney like Disney Channel original show for uh, a couple of years um, mm-hmm. as well. So he's had an interesting career, but he again kind of falls into the same category as Lakeith is that you know. If he's in something, it's likely I'm gonna be intrigued by whatever he's you doing. You
0: know, I hadn't really put it together until right now, but I think they are kinda of like perfect parallels to each other in terms of like their approach to performance, the choice you know, the choices they've made movie wise. Uh, and I think they they kind of fit into a similar mold of like I think both of them play menacing and crazed really, really well. Yes. Um, I still don't think we've really seen Le Keith completely like cut loose and get to do that. But I think it's there. Um, you don't I think, think he, he cut
1: could... loose and Sorry to Bother You?
0: No, I think he cut loose, but in a very different... He was never menacing in that movie. I'm saying right. I think he could play scary or terrifying, which uh, I've only been like vaguely following it. Is he in
1: Candyman?
0: Was he in Discussion? Or...
1: My understanding is, is he was he in Candyman? discussion for it.
0: But now it's the guy who played Black Manta in uh, Aquaman? Correct? Is that correct? He
1: will be, yes. I believe that. He'll be Candyman. Yes. See, I
0: thought Lakeith would have been like an amazing choice for that. But, you know, I don't know. Well, and then people that are still upset with the like, remaking about the Candyman.
1: Voice. And I think there's just, like, internet itself is always going to be upset about, like, any type of remake or any type of. Course. Of course. But, like, I just don't understand why, like, why do people care so much? Like, I love movies, and I love, I have, like, my fandoms, but, like, at the end of the day, if they decide to make James Bond a woman, like, why do you care so much? Yeah, you've got
0: another 25 of them to go watch. Like,
1: (laughs) like, why do you care? Like, and people, like, when Ghostbusters was an all-female cast, people lost their minds. And, like, why mm -hmm. do you care so much? Like... It's not ruining your childhood. The other movies don't not exist anymore. Like, It's just, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it, man.
0: I don't know, dude. Okay. But uh, feel free to
1: argue with me on Twitter about it. I'm more than more than happy yes, to have he this is, discussion. Uh,
0: wh- and, and what is that Twitter handle one time uh, for the listeners?
1: At Mr. Underscore Sun Underscore Shine. Or go. Um, most of the time I'm handling the Archivee's Twitter at the Archivee. And so, you know, I'll argue with you there too.
0: <laughs> yes. uh, So, go do that, people. Uh, This is my second pick for movies, is that correct? Yes. And this is closing it out?
1: Uh, yes, because we talked oh. Spider-Verse, we talked High Flying Bird.
0: Yeah, I wish we could talk more about Spider-Verse, but definitely after I get it, you're going to get a long phone call of just like, oh,
1: my God, it was amazing. I just, I'm and sure. it was one of those things where, like, when the first trailer hit and you saw that, you know, it was a Sony production and, like, Sony Animation's been hit or miss, I think, and so like, you're kind of like, all right, cool. Where's this gonna go? When I saw it, it I just absolutely blew yeah, me away. No.
0: Like when it was announced, I know, like I I was kind of on the fence about it too. Where I was like, okay, is this geared more towards like little little kids? Like, are they gonna try and spin this into a new TV show? Like, launch it with a movie, and then here's the new look for the TV show. But then like it came out, I saw the full length trailer, saw like more of what they were doing with the animation and all of that and more and more positive buzz and then just in the sea of movies I was trying to catch up on towards the end of the year which is also the busiest season of the year at my work uh, yeah I, just, I missed it so I, I cannot wait to catch up with that one one that I will encourage everyone to catch up with right now also a new release just came out on Netflix recently a movie called Paddleton have uh, you watched yes. this yet?
1: I have not because I haven't wanted to cry like a baby yet.
0: Uh, well, that's pretty much what you're going to do. Uh, I don't know that it will have the same effect on everyone, but in our little our little microcosm, our little uh, test tube, if you will. Our friend group? Uh, friend group <laughs> our t- our yeah. test tube? I don't know. I was struggling, dude. <laughs> yeah, friend group works much, much better. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, Mr. Mr. Evan Tuig, uh, Mr. Tim Niles, myself all agree that this is probably the most emotionally engaging and devastating movie that we've seen in recent memory. Uh, this movie hits you like a ton of bricks. It is also very genuinely effortlessly funny in very subtle and dark ways. Uh, it's almost unbearable, but the humor is integrated in such a way that like, it comes in right when you need it to. Just fantastic outstanding performances from both Mark Duplass and Mr. Ray Romano who if I see five better supporting performances before this year is over it's going to be a really good year for movies people Uh, he is astounding in this movie Uh, which
1: like you it it seems like that has been a a more recent development because we all definitely I mean he popped back on my radar
0: exactly and Raymond is one of those shows that, like, I feel like I went through a period where I was like, this show sucks, it's stupid, I hate it, to, like, oh, I get it, and the show's actually, like, really smartly written, and, like, the the actors are all, like, top-notch pros, like, the delivery, the way they know how to pause for the audience reaction, all of that stuff, as far as sitcoms go, it it is one of the best of all time, I, I think so, But his kind of second act of his career, which for me really started with The Big Sick... Yeah, exactly. Because I did not... I never finished Vinyl on HBO. I know that was the first kind of, like, hey, Ray Romano's doing something different. But The Big Sick was the first thing I saw where I was like, I really like this, like, other phase of his career that he seems to be moving into. And this was just, like... Again, I I was... blown away by him, it's a, it's a super understated movie, I'm talking around a lot of stuff, you can watch the trailer, but the basic concept, uh, Mark Duplass' character finds out that he has, uh, terminal cancer, essentially, in the opening, and his, uh, upstairs neighbor at his apartment that he lives in is Ray Romano, his buddy, who he hangs out with, and they just, you know, just eat pizza and watch, like, old kung fu movies, and, uh, Hold on, I got a cat right next to me. Oh, shit, there he goes. They watch old kung fu movies, and they play a game called Paddleton, which is a, a mix of racquetball and something else uh, that they invented. And these guys are, like, you know, mid to late 40s, uh, no girlfriends, no wives, and that they're, they're, just, they're just bros, basically. And so when Duplass gets this diagnosis, he decides that he, you know, doesn't want to live through the pain and suffering and, like, withering away. And decides that he basically wants to do assisted suicide, and he would like uh, for his buddy Ray Romano to help him with it. After they spend a couple weeks uh, doing their normal routine, and uh, and things go from there. That's that. That's the initial setup. Uh, yeah. Get, yeah, that get doesn't your tissues sound super ready. uplifting. <laughs> um, it's it's a little bit of a tough sell, but it is. Uh, it's my my favorite thing I've seen this year so far uh, and just it, it'll hit you man I'm getting choked up just thinking about it right now to be honest with you so let's uh, quickly move along to well, television
1: well, <laughs> well when you, you sent me a picture the morning you watched it and it's just tears running down your face but I quickly read your text message and thought you said that you just watched yes. Paddington and I was <laughs> like man I didn't realize that bear movie had such a punch like I gotta yeah. go check it out
0: <laughs> really got me dude I mean a uh, very conceivably could have been paddington one or two but then yeah you texted me just wait till you see paddington two and i thought you were literally just making a play on words and like being funny but i didn't realize that you had totally misread it and then it was just this total like
1: (laughs) which people love those bear movies man i always see like uh i always see people sitting there and be like man they should have been up for best picture like it's they've got a huge internet following um, so maybe point, you I and I need to investigate
0: those. the pad sometime.
1: I wonder if we'll cry pad just Pad one and much. two, probably, yes. probably. But yeah, maybe
0: we don't want to go down that road. Okay, <laughs> super uh, so.
1: depressing podcast follow-up. Exactly.
0: <laughs> we got a uh, we got one category left here for this month on two by two, and uh, we we do have a little bit of a deadline, so I don't want to hold you up. So let's let's get into it. Uh, I believe I made you start last time, so I will start.
1: Here, I guess sounds good.
0: Okay, and you can close us out for the month. My first TV pick—I've uh, been on Netflix a lot, as you can see, buddy. Uh, they're that's working kind of on the, me. They the have a—they have though, a loyal right? like, customer.
1: They're making that the—that's what it is, right? Like watch all these movies, watch all these shows, um, and then eventually you'll get like a lucky Shamrock commercial panning yes. through. Um.
0: um okay. That was a I know super you niche have niche
1: joke for for very <laughs> it, it played few people that it know. played for a very small yeah, segment v- of our very audience. F- small people laughed at that. That's yes. so how I like to make my humor is really just dial it down to maybe the two Dude, people. Dude, we're
0: that... all about we're all about the niche here at the RKV. Okay, my first TV pick. Uh, I know you're not finished with it yet. We don't have to go into detail, but it is The Umbrella Academy. Oh my which god! So recently good. on Netflix, uh, I'm a huge fan of the source material. Uh, this project's been circulating for quite a while. It was going to be a movie, and then it was going to be a show, and then it wasn't going to be anything, and then it was definitely a show on Netflix. That was happening. And all of a sudden we got a trailer, and I was like, "Oh, okay, okay, I'm on board, but I hope they don't screw this up. And, you know, I tried to manage my expectations going into it, but I finished it. I love the show. Um, it's it's a little rough around the edges, here and there, um, I can have my quibbles with it, some of those are related to, uh, the source material, and being a fan of that, but most of the, the changes they've made, uh, have all been huge improvements, in my opinion, uh, it's one of the better adaptations, and stretching out to a TV, TV length that we've seen so far, but that in mind, uh, it's one of those series where you're like, it's ten episodes, maybe it could have been eight, and been like super tight, but maybe not, but the more lengthy runtime gives you moments uh, that you just don't get in shows like this, which make it what it is. So, again, I know you are, as of the last time we talked, you're only up through episode 6, correct?
1: Uh, 7. Episode okay. 7. You have no idea. Yeah, seven. but it, it's, uh, for, I had zero info on the source material. Knew it existed, but did, had not, knew nothing about it. Um, and... It has been uh, a super this is, fun watch from I'm start sorry. to finish. This is,
0: of course, based on the Dark Horse comic book written by Gerard Way, frontman of My Chemical Romance, and drawn by Mr. Gabriel Ba, uh, a Brazilian artist, if I'm not mistaken, uh, who is absolutely amazing. So go check out the, the, uh, the comics, first of all. And then check out the Netflix series, or check out the Netflix series and then go read the comics for a slightly different take on things. But I can confirm if you were on the fence about starting it, if you're a little burnt out on superheroes, it is worth your time. Uh, I think it's I a can say that, having sat blend, through all of it.
1: Yes. Beautiful blend of like emotion, laughter, you know, drama. Yes,
0: the the balance of tone uh, in the show is one of the more enjoyable aspects of it. It's it's a show where you can have you know, uh, life-threatening stakes, but you can still pause to have an extended dance number to a "Dancing in the Moonlight." Cover oh, it's the it's that music it's that kind of show. So
1: damn good. Yes,
0: uh, huge fan of the uh, the soundtrack choices throughout the season. So, uh, you and I definitely will talk more about that once you have actually finished it. But I can highly recommend to uh, anybody with a Netflix subscription, uh, Umbrella Academy is one of the better offerings that you could be watching right now. So that's uh that's mine. My first TV pick for the month uh, hit me with one of yours.
1: Well, cool. So one that I was going to start with was one that you briefly touched on with uh, Nathan Hussey last time. uh, But the Real Bros of Simi Valley um, got to watch the entirety of that. And it is so dumb, um, but so perfect. And it uh, comes from Jimmy Tatro, Tatro, who had uh, YouTube star – Life According to Jimmy, which those those videos are pretty funny if you get a chance to check them out. Um, he's been on American Vandal and um, 22 Jump Street and has had a, a very, you know, brief stint TV-wise. But um, Facebook Watch picked up the second season of this, and it is, you know, probably total two hours of, of watching, maybe less. Um, but it is... A perfect parody of all the Real Housewives any all the reality shows uh. yeah
0: I think arguably one of the best parody shows since uh, American Vandal and I these are the type of like comedy performances that I feel like just don't get enough credit but the <laughs> just the commitment to the bit that all of these people have where they they stay in these characters and one of the other things I don't know if you've delved into it at all, and uh, but for season two, they have these behind-the-scenes segments
1: that are also where, like, where yeah. they're
0: still in character, and it just like it's just like okay, here's an extra five minutes of jokes. Essentially, it's like you're still watching the show, but uh, like, yeah, I talked about it with the, Nate last week. Man. I think everybody, again, who has a Facebook account should be watching this show, even if you're not a fan of reality TV. I think even more so, if you hate reality TV, it's fantastic because it's such a perfect send-up of it, but if you're familiar with reality TV and you know all of the tropes, it is one of those that's like so, it comes across initially as so dumb, but it is so intelligent in the way that it skewers what it's going after.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, and so. I think, for me, I feel like if you don't dig the first episode or two, you're you you're out 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, you'll,
0: you'll know very early on, for sure. Yeah,
1: and so like you'll uh, you'll you'll be out 20 minutes and then you can dip out if, you, if it's not for you but if it is for you you're gonna love that you watched it
0: yeah it just it hit such a sweet spot for me and again our our friend group i knew would be totally on board with it so um again i was turned on to that by mr tim niles shout out to him again and uh i've been trying to tell everybody about it you're the first one to actually pick it up and watch it so uh more on that as a uh, as more of us have watched it. And presumably we get a season three next year. I hope that happens. And you and I kind of talked off, Mike, but it's uh, it's like maybe it just needs to be three. Um, I don't know that they need to like continually push it, uh, but it it's great. It's one yeah. of my new favorite comedies out there.
1: Absolutely. Go check that out.
0: So, uh, yeah, great pick. Uh, my second... I, I was trying to see if I could possibly get off of Netflix... Uh, I'm going to basically take one for the team here because I know we've got limited time and I want to get to your final pick and uh, wrap things up very nicely. So I'm just going to say uh, True Detective Season 3 uh, wrapped up officially last week as of when we're recording this. And uh, I was a big fan. You can go listen to more in-depth coverage over on Tuesdays, Days. But uh, I-, I dug it. I, I know people were a little divisive on the finale specifically. It seems like for the season as a whole, people were more back on board with the show and excited about it again in a way that they definitely were not uh, coming off of season two. So, uh, yeah, I just I wanted to say I I did enjoy the, the back half of the journey that I took uh, for the month of February uh, with True Detective. Uh, so I, I know you were a little more... Uh, not mixed, but just a a little more down on the finale than I was, uh, which also seems to be the trend with uh, Colin, who I talked to last night, uh, who really felt burned by it. So uh, I thought maybe I'd get some of your thoughts on that, and then you can tell me about your uh, your last one.
1: Yeah, no, I think for me with the finale, I I wanted more of a drag out on the mystery solving, uh, and so the mm-hmm. exposition piece that happened so early on, where it's just like, yep, these are the things, and it turns out, you know, and then they uh you know give you more information so for people who haven't seen it uh I don't want to ruin it but I was looking for a little bit more of a drag out and a little bit more of a like here's all the info you were looking for and you don't kind of get that in a way that I felt was super satisfying that being said all the things around that were perfect right so there were so right. many um scenes you you get Rooker in there and I love everything that he did in that and so yeah i overall i would say this season i would give it an an eight an eight out of ten um and it probably falls as my i mean probably i i liked the second season and so it's probably right there along that with me with the first still being the first
0: um i think just from a level of narrative cohesion and like getting to its ultimate goal or like being quote unquote about something i think it's far and away a huge success over season two which i think is very muddled and rushed and we know about the behind the scenes of like okay we want a season two this thing's hot right now and i think it does definitely show like if you give him time and let him plot a narrative like he can do some very complex and interesting things like they do with the three time periods uh this season so uh I say that as a huge fan of season two, but I think, uh, season three is far and away better than two. Uh, still sits below number one for me simply because I've rewatched season one, uh, like usually about twice a year. Um, definitely at least once a year since it came out. It's just so good. Uh, it's fantastic. So I look forward to doing that with three and seeing if it holds up to those rewatches in the same way that season one does. But I was, I was very positive on it overall. Uh, I thought at, at the end of the day, the performances just across the board uh, can't say enough positive things about them. So uh, we can move right along. Uh, what's what's your last uh, bit of TV, sir?
1: Well, so I'm going to bring us back to Netflix because with Alrighty. us with us diving into Avatar uh, the way that we are uh, on March 12th. Um, they the creators of Avatar came out with a, another show called The Dragon Prince, which is on Netflix. Um, and it is two seasons, eight episodes apiece, 20 minutes. Um, definitely geared uh, and kind of similar to Avatar in a sense that it comes off as a kid show. Um, I'd say the first season plays a lot like a kid show, but the second season ends up bringing in a lot of adult themes, um, philosophical debates on things that, are, that I've really just enjoyed watching. Um, and so, I- interesting animation style, but... There's some really cool moments in that, and so I highly recommend going and checking out the Dragon Prince. Um, if you're if you liked Avatar, you're likely gonna enjoy the Dragon Prince. Um, but overall, it's it's a really short watch. Again, eight episodes per season, two seasons, and twenty minute episodes. So
0: it definitely doesn't sound as intimidating as the sixty six for uh, the original series. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I get. I guess I won't. I won't bother with. Dragon Prince until I have checked out Avatar, so
1: Avatar and and I would say the second season of Dragon Prince elevates it to a higher level than I felt after the first season. um mm-hmm. Whether or not I would say it is as good as Avatars is, is probably not what I would say, <laughs> um, but it's it's good. It's definitely worth checking out, and it, yeah, if you like Avatar. You're going to enjoy The Dragon Prince. My guess is if you like Avatar, you've already kind of been on board Probably with Probably already Dragon watched Prince. it,
0: and we're, like, on top of it, like, oh, this is the next thing from these guys. Oh, absolutely,
1: but it's, I mean, okay. it's good. Um, it's definitely worth a watch.
0: Hell yeah, okay. Well, uh, I did not do this in the previous episode with Nate, but I feel like it would be a good idea to, now, at the end of the episode, just run through what our picks were. So... Um, and I'll mention some of my alternates just to throw out some other things that people can go look up on their own. Uh, so for music, I had uh, 1972 by Broken Social Scene. That was just an individual song. Um, as an alternate, I had Making Excuses by Mr. Heavenly, uh, who I mentioned on previous episode with Nate, and also comes up on what we've been listening to, uh, the new episode with Gavin, which should be up very, very shortly. Uh, So they've gotten a lot of love. Didn't feel like they needed any more right now. Uh, And then, of course, I mentioned Weatherbox, because we're going to be doing a series about them. Uh, For TV, I had The Umbrella Academy. Uh, My alternative was Russian Doll, which is also on Netflix, and is fantastic. You and I both vouch for that one. Yep. Uh, I talked about True Detective briefly. My alternative for that was Kingdom, which is also on Netflix, a crazy uh, period Korean uh, zombie political intrigue, action-adventure drama. It's crazy. It's basically Walking Dead meets Game of Thrones in, like, 14th century Korea. I uh, haven't really seen anything like it. Super original take on zombies. And uh, pretty short run. It's uh, just a limited series so far. Hoping it gets picked up for season two. Because, my God, does it have a cliffhanger. Okay. Uh, those were my picks for television. And... Movies Talked about High Flying Bird, which is available on Netflix right now, as well as Paddleton, which is also available on Netflix. Do not watch it if you are feeling uh, upset beforehand. Uh, Emotionally, prepare yourself. Okay, and then I also caught up on two uh, movies from last year, one of which was Border, uh, which was up for best makeup and hairstyling at the Oscars. Uh, Very interesting movie, uh, based on a book by the individual who wrote... Uh, let the right one in so if you dug that movie I highly recommend it uh, has a lot of parallels uh, and highly original uh, one of the most out there things I've seen in recent memory but uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it and I put this on my list assuming that I would have watched it by now but uh, Burning which is a, uh, a Korean movie from last year that should have theoretically been up for best foreign language film but was not nominated and I've heard amazing things about and I still have not watched, even though it's sitting on my PS4. So that is my goal as soon as I get off mic with you. Uh, <laughs> so if you'll run down your list real quick one more time for the listeners, give them some stuff.
1: Absolutely. So my music picks were Malibu Ken and Garden Window with an alternate of what might tarnish my credibility, but I don't care. Uh, dude, I'm loving Ariana Grande's newest album. Thank you, next. <laughs> like, I'm digging it. Uh, it's got some really fun tracks on there. And Fair enough, sir. But <laughs> but, I, but I like it. Um, that no was going to be comment. my alternate. Um, for television, it was Real Bros of Simi Valley and The Dragon Prince. Uh, one on Facebook Watch, one on Netflix. And then for movies, it was uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and Short Term 12. Um, so worth checking out all those.
0: All right, man.
1: Uh I know we were a little brief, uh, but hopefully
0: we gave everybody a lot to think about, a lot of stuff to catch up on. Uh, If you've enjoyed any of the things we mentioned, let us know, thearchivee at gmail.com. Again, you can shout at Mayfield on Twitter, at Mr. Underscore Sun Underscore Shine, or at thearchivee on Twitter. He handles all of our Twitter stuff. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well now. I don't really do that much with it other than retweet stuff from uh, from Mayfield, uh, but I am at Noah's Ark of E, and I handle our Instagram, which is at the Ark of E Network. And uh, Gavin handles the Facebook from time to time, and you can find us on there just searching the Ark of E. Stay tuned to the Ark of E dot com for everything we have coming up. Uh, and if you are a fan of the show and you like what we do here and you want to support us uh, going forward, you can become a Patreon subscriber uh there's a link in the show notes that you can go look at right now but that's www.patreon.com backslash the of e you can become a subscriber for as little as a dollar a month and that gets you access to all sorts of cool goodies uh early access to uh exclusive series uh if we're doing stuff on the public feeds maybe you get to hear it like months in advance uh and we've we've got some special things cooking over there so go check out the patreon uh stay tuned on the music arc. Gavin and I have some stuff coming up and make sure you're subscribed over at the TV arc so you can listen to Bending Not Breaking, which might actually be out by the time you're listening to this. Okay, that is all of the plug stuff. Thank you so much to Mr. Sunshine Mayfield for joining me. Thanks for having Uh, me. Yeah, man, this was fun. Uh, Don't know who the guest is going to be for next month, uh, but we'll get somebody in here. Uh, I have enjoyed doing this. Hopefully, I can get a guest every month. We'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, I'm glad to have, again, somebody who's been here from the very beginning, dude. I can't thank you enough for all the stuff you do for the site. Uh, go listen to Lost in the Folds, which is uh, buried back on the, the music arc feed. It's going to disappear behind the Patreon wall, uh, probably, uh, at the end of the summer. Somewhere in there. So, you've got some time, but if you want to go back through that whole run, uh, which I feel like a, a lot of people will probably do because they're going to listen to you on Bending Not Breaking and they're going to be like, I love this guy. What else does he got to say? Oh, he talks about Ben Folds with this guy, Max Gongaware. That's a person? Let's Okay, let's check this out.
1: <laughs> He's a person. He's funny. He's funnier than I am because I'm not um, very funny. Max
0: is fantastic. I, I look forward to the day when you, Max, and Ben just start your own three-man pod about literally anything and it's just a roundtable you guys do once a week
1: three very different personalities uh, it, exactly it that's
0: why I think it would be brilliant and I'm I cannot tra- wait to hear you and Ben interact together on a podcast because Ben is a, a lovely individual Yes. Um, so I, I'm very very interested to see how, you're, how y'all's dynamic compares to you and Max which was <laughs> that was a special energy sir I'm actually <laughs> I am going to start listening to some Lost in the Folds again because it's been a while uh,
1: it's so. about a year it's been about a year yeah
0: um, yeah, so. And so
1: for him, I'm trying to get Max to do uh, an o Brother podcast where I convince him why Brother is amazing because he –
0: I think that would be great. He,
1: he went that to a show great. with me. Um,
0: yes, this is one of my favorite stories from Lost in the Falls. He, uh,
1: and he, he hates them. <laughs> yes, so he does. I think, I think it would be fun. I don't think he hates those yeah. people, but he, he does not like the music. It is um, not his genre. <laughs> no, so that could be fun. But, yeah, we'll see what we can do
0: definitely okay thank you so much for doing this man uh i will let you get out of here uh for this month on two by two with noah blanchard I- i've been noah blanchard uh, i've been and Alex go for it yeah yes
1: i was trying to I listened to gavin i tried to get it perfect you know
0: yeah uh until next month thanks for listening have a good day
1: it's dark and i feel
2: like a nice night to the house and a to you drawn to, these woods from growing up, this you It's like nice not gonna, it's feel, like nice gonna feel like a nice night. I'm close to the house and a white light. I'm close to the good you were drawn to These Woods from growing up this you. It's not gonna feel like a nice night. I'm close to the house and a white light I'm close to the good you were drawn to. These woods were gonna disarm you. It's not gonna feel like a nice night. I'm close to the house and a white light. I'm close to the good you were drawn to, these woods from gonna disarm you.